Margaret Cho has been a stand-up comedian for the past 40 years. She's also an actor, musician, and entrepreneur. Cho's career has earned her both Grammy and Emmy nominations, and she was named one of Rolling Stone Magazine's 50 Best Stand-Up Comics of all time. Cho has also built her personal and professional platform around being an advocate for causes such as anti-racism, anti-bullying, LGBTQIA rights, fighting sexism, and more. For Cho, comedy and laughter is the ultimate tool to endure the challenges that we face today. Cho's latest tour is called Live and Livid, and she's performing in Milwaukee tonight at the Paps Theater. Ahead of that, she joins me now to talk about it and her career. Margaret Cho, welcome to Lake Effect. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you very much. So you started practicing comedy at 14 years old because you, quote, wanted to be an adult so badly. So what was your idea of adulthood then? And why was stand-up the most grown-up thing you thought you could do? I think it was about wearing a necktie of, or like a rhinestone brooch in, um, and a blazer. That to me was like the height of adulthood. That and like gloves. It's so weird how I thought, gloves would make all the difference <laughs> so I think I was like I I just had a really like I like it was more about like fashion fashion was adulthood um I really wanted to be like Paula Poundstone I really wanted to be like Joan Rivers and um I wanted to just advance to be a 55 year old woman which oddly is what I am now so I didn't actually have to work to get there but um it's really funny how I looked back and I thought, oh, I, if, I am, if I'm just an adult, if I'm grown up, all my problems will be over. Right. You mentioned Joan Rivers, who you've referred to as your comedy mother, and she's, of course, sadly passed away. What other comedians do you admire or always keep in mind, even if Joan is still that person for you that inspire you or even that you just admire for playing the long game? She really is still, you know, she really... Um was such a role model in so many ways, not just in comedy, but just in aging, you know, and how to handle life and everything, art, comedy, commerce, all of it. You know, she was just such a mastery over it all. And so I think she's definitely somebody I, I really admire. And now, you know, I look to Michelle Yeoh, who's absolutely incredible, who I idolized when I, I met her in the nineties and I, I just thought she was like the coolest, the coolest lady, like just amazing, um, physically amazing, but also just her work in cinema at that point, you know, it, all, all in the Hong Kong cinema, all of the things that she was doing, these action films, she was always amazing. So today, maybe not as really up comedy, but she's just such a role model. But I, I'm, um, I'm thinking about comedians like Richard Pryor, Certainly Phyllis Diller, certainly Cody Fields. Um, all of these people were just so influential. You mentioned Michelle Yeoh, and especially as an example of aging. And still, she has to remind people that women have value no matter what age, you know, especially with her success with everything, everywhere, all at once. And I know you've had a lot of experience in TV and film industry over the years, since the 90s. So do you still find it such a fight compared to when you were first getting into it in the 90s? Absolutely. It's a fight to have agency. It's a fight to have visibility. It's a fight to even live. And for myself, like understanding, like 
also from a queer perspective, it's a fight to just survive. You know, um, it's really important to have our voices out there and to be heard and to be seen. And it's, it's political. It's more political than ever. Your latest tour on that note is called Live and Livid. So what's the message at the heart of this material that you're currently touring with? We have to be able to laugh to survive. We have to be able to harness our anger and find a way to find community to survive, to be able to endure it, to protect drag queens, to protect uh, gender nonconforming, non-binary kids. This is like such an important thing after um, the murder of Next Benedict, which was so tragic and should not have happened. I think more than ever, we as the elders in the LGBTQIA community need to step up. I think there are certain times where we did understand this can never happen again. We, we did that with Harvey Milk. We did that with Matthew Shepard. And again, now we have to do that with Dex Benedict. So these things are really important to our survival. I think also to our state of mind, you know, just that we need to find a way to find humor. And I think laughter is the answer. Laughter humor for me is always the answer because it is that glimmer of hope that brings you into the next moment and that's what we need. Well and I agree that comedy is sometimes the best tools at helping us process really dark things like for example during the height of COVID I found myself drawn to watching various specials whether it's Hannah Gadsby or discovering Maria Bamford's Lady Dynamite for the first time like when it was the darkest I was like let me go to comedians because they're dark too but at least they're they say things in a better manner or have worked the long way of processing to deliver it to us on stage. Is that how you feel about others or about your material? Absolutely. And Hannah is such a a wonderful example, as is Maria. I think both of them are true pioneers in this idea and the uh, experience of using comedy as therapy in a way or using it as a document of survival. So I, I really, I really admire them, their friends, and they're just so brilliant. And so I'm, I'm definitely with you on that. We need comedy to survive and also to look at the light hearted nature of survival and the need for it. When it comes to writing a special, I am always blown away by the power of memorization that you and other comedians have. How do you get to that point where you are up on stage for an hour at least and you are seemingly like tying all these callbacks and jokes together and making a cohesive show? I think it's just something like it is like music, you know, when you sort of memorize a piece of music and you sort of have it embedded in into your hard drive, like it is really getting it into your system. And it may be, may be easier because it's written from the heart. You know, some of these things are things that we're very well versed in, very well experienced in. And so uh, all of those things are easy to relate. I never have issues with sort of memorizing like with stand-up comedy or the where I have trouble, I think maybe is if I'm learning something else, like if I'm doing a show, TV show or acting and something, movie or something, then it's a little bit more challenging because it's other people's words. You know, that's um, somewhere where I think it's a little bit more of a, a thought about, oh, that's, that's actually memorization. But in comedy, it's a more organic thing where you're telling something from your heart. Speaking of uh, television and film roles, you've had various ones over the years. How do those challenge you creatively in a different way? Or what do you look forward to the most about putting yourself in that setting for work? 
I love it because it's stepping into another reality and um, something that is super exciting. Whether it's a world that I, you're already really well versed and a big fan of, like for me, it, it was really exciting to go be on Sex and the City or Thirty Rock because these are like sets that I know. These are places that I know. These are characters that I already know. And then being able to kind of go in there and play with them, it's really, really exciting as a fan and as an actor. So it's just challenging you in a different way. And I just, I really, I, I, I really get so excited. What brings you joy on tour? You're currently um, speaking with me in a car on the way to the airport to come to Milwaukee, which I so appreciate. But touring is a grind. So what are the elements or the most rewarding aspects that's kept you in the industry for the past 40 years? Well, the way that I do it now is very comfortable. And, you know, usually it's just a couple of days out of the week. And then I'm going and I've been doing this for such a long time. So I've done it in different ways. I've done it in a sprinter van going across the country. I've done it in uh, a rental car. I've done it these different ways. Sometimes I've gotten to go with other people and do it, doing bigger shows. And then like, then that's sort of a big sort of thing, like touring on a tour bus with Cindy Lauper. That was a completely great experience, a really exciting experience, but totally different. So this is actually way more luxurious, way easier. And I like the pace of it. So I'm very comfortable doing it. Well, and you've certainly earned how you want to dictate your tours by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really nice. And you spent your nearly your whole life on stage. How has performing in front of an audience shaped how you deal with both challenges and successes? Like, for example, how do you feel if the rare occasion, I'm sure nowadays, if you bomb? Yeah, how do you handle things differently? I imagine what you do on stage harnesses other aspects of your life. Well, it's really, you You have to take it into in stride in that this is the one profession in entertainment where you have to continually prove yourself and prove yourself and prove yourself and prove yourself. And you have to co- constantly improve on what you're doing as well. So there's a need to continually take risks. Your reputation can only buy you maybe about 15 seconds on stage, which is an eternity if there's no response. So you really have to be on your game and work on it. And then I always look at it as a, it's a continual work in progress. So if it doesn't go as well as you'd like, and that happens actually pretty often because I do a lot of shows. You know, I do a lot of things uh, to prepare, do a lot of things um, to kind of work things out. So sometimes it's just very much like people are not understanding what I'm talking about because I don't even know what I'm talking about yet. So it's hard to get there, but it's like something that I have a lot of patience with. Um, so I don't really have a way of taking it personally because I know that this is going to work out in the end. This is all going to make sense later. So when do you feel you're at a point where you're like, okay, I can take this set and this is going to be my next tour? Um, it's, it's always still working on You're still, always still working on it. You're always still kind of work. And also the way that news is now when you want to incorporate things that it's so immediate. Things happen and everybody knows about what's going on because of social media and the way that we take in news and information. Everybody's aware of everything all the time. So everything's always shifting and changing and you have to be ready for that. I was watching a clip of you on Bill Maher's random show and a quote that stuck out to me was, I don't know who I am without working. And I think that sometimes is an American sensibility, right? We immediately ask someone, what do you do? But as you talk about the constant work in progress and the challenge, I think that's a nice way to live your life and to always be engaged creatively with yourself, if not with the whole community. 
Yeah, because I do love it. And I also really have a social life that is built around this, you know, and I'm friends with so many comedians and we don't really know how to live without each other. You know, we need each other to kind of survive everything because we just look at the world in a certain way and we need to have that acknowledgement that we're not alone in that. So I think that it's a life's purpose. Well, Margaret, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me before you come to Milwaukee, and I hope you have an amazing show. Thank you. Margaret Cho is a stand-up comedian, and her latest tour is called Live and Livid. She'll be at the Paps Theater performing it tonight, and you can find more information about it at wuwm.com.